on ABC Radio. This is The Big Fish with Scott Levi. Ahoy there, welcome aboard to another episode of The Big Fish. This week, Stinker will take your breath away with a harrowing story of survival in huge seas. A kid's fishing camp on the Hawkesbury and our first cast this morning comes to you from the shores of Lake Macquarie where the big Let's Fish Lake Mac event kicks off this morning. And on a more serious note, Michael Guest from Lake Macquarie will also give you an update on the search for Sydney fishing identity Roman Buchowski, uh, Michael's radio fishing show colleague for over 10 years. Great fears are held for his safety after disappearing in croc-infested waters up on the Cape of North Queensland. That's all coming up on The Big Fish. It's The Big Fish, and I don't like to talk it up too much because it is one of my favourite places, and I grew up at Elibana, uh, where Michael Guest lives on the shores of Lake Macquarie, but by crikey, it's a great fishing hole. Uh, Jonathan Bleakley from the Ozfish Unlimited Lake Macquarie chapter, and Michael Guest, it's all on this weekend at Lake Macquarie. Good morning, guys. Uh, good morning, morning Scotty. Uh, mate, it is all happening. So let, let's fish Lake Mac, third year, and uh, a great weather forecast, and um, yeah, so uh, lo- really looking forward to it. Um, I think uh, I think fishing barometer, barometric pressure is good. I had a bit of a pre-fish myself during the week, later in the week, and um, caught up with one of, with uh, one of the council members. You you make that sound like it's work, Guesty. I, I had to go and have a pre-fish, Scott. You know, I've got to do my job. But, but oh, absolutely. But but here we go. So widening up to forty, just on forty-three centimeters. So proper big elbow slapper widening and big brim. Uh, Barometry pressure was a bit low that day, so the flathead I didn't worry about too much, but certainly big brim, big whiting. Uh, saw a few tailor bust up, saw a guy catch a nice kingfish, so plenty happening in the lake. And springs, that, that sort of roll over when the water warms up, it's always a great time of year because stuff just starts happening, Scott, you know that. So. And Jono, there's been a lot of habitat work to make this a better fishery. Obviously, the, the sort of cornerstones of good fisheries are, are, are good management. We have it as a recreational fishing haven, so the fish are, are prospering there with tight uh, recreational fishing regulations that uh, underpinned by sustainability, but if you don't have habitat, you don't have fish either, John O. And and I know Ozfish are really working hard to bring back that seagrass. And the first time I ever fished with our mate Michael Guest, he said, "Now Scott, look out for the Posidonia." And I'm looking in the sky and up trees, and so what are you talking about, Guesty? But you're doing your darndest to bring back the Posidonia, aren't you, John O? Yeah, there's a lot going on, Scotty. I think there's a two part of that one. Number one is like. I guess uh, how how anglers treat their waterways themselves. So obviously the, the competition's catch and release, which is a really important kind of element of competition fishing these days. And I think in the last ten years we've really seen a shift in in how many anglers are really starting to release their catch. You don't always have to do it. I think Gesty and I will both put our hands up for being you know loving a feed of flathead, you know, every now and then. But for, for tournaments like this and just the, the general pulpose of people out there fishing, it seems to be catch and release. But then, like you said, habitat is the other important pillar. So, you know, I'm really happy to say, I guess, as an exclusive, we, we've officially got our first project signed off um, in Lake Macquarie um, at Ozfish, uh, which is going to be looking at um, kind of pimping out jetties in the lake called Pimp My Jetty. Now, there's a bit more to come on on this, and we can talk down the track, Scotty, but... 
But in the coming weeks, um, you'll see some habitat restoration happening in the lake. And uh, so, look, it's a positive sign. I guess there's a lot of momentum, not just in the competition side of things, but also in the habitat side of things. So it's a great place. So I love fishing off jetties around Lake Macquarie. Do I have to go and buy lots of gold chains now and get a... A purple suit. Um, well, don't you have a few chains already, Scott? <laughs> I, I do. Yes, I do have a few. If I've, I've... Seen, I've seen you in the studio there with, with, with your bling <laughs> on. But no, to, by Pimp My Jetty, uh, we're actually referring to, to hanging ropes, um, biodegradable hessian ropes from jetties below the waterline, uh, which will allow growth in and around those jetties. So one of the issues they've found in and around all estuaries is that we're starting to create our jetties or at least mask our jetties with, with PVC materials. And that, uh, at times, limits the amount of growth on those jetties. Now, we know how important they are. And if we can come up with a way of facilitating growth below the waterline, then uh, we're not impeding on people's, you know, they love how their jetty looks. You don't want it to look like a, you know, a dirty old jetty, but we can still sustain the fish habitat. So super exciting. Uh, it's great, great to hear. It's the big fish and it's uh, Fish Lake Mac weekend. Uh, the Lake Macquarie Council getting right behind promoting that recreational fishing haven as a great destination. And uh, Michael Guest, it's really well honed this uh, fishing competition uh, brag mat photograph technology so people can keep one for a feed or let it go. And a lot of people do let them go. But in your fishing challenge, uh, which has raised millions for great causes, uh, you know, it, this technology really works, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and, and Let's Fish Lake Mac is a miniature version, and I'm, a lot of our listeners, I know they enter, and thank you for supporting the, the Pertec Fishing Challenge, which is all about raising funds and awareness for prostate cancer and neurosciences research, and Let's Fish Lake Mac is, is it's an off, it's almost an offshoot of that. It's a miniature version of that competition, so that whole, I remember when I first started um, the Pertec Fishing Challenge 15 years ago, um, and, and uh, you know, you'd be talking to old fellas out west, oh, I don't use the pewter. I'll have to get someone else to come in, and it was a lot, still a lot of DSLR photography used for the for, for photos, and then they'd be shot at like 10 meg files, and they were too big to download, and everything's improved. So even like the download speed um, of things, you know, of, of all this technology flying through the air to, to download your photos back to our website, all that's improved out of sight, and of course everyone's got a, a you know virtually a high res camera now in their and there'd be very few people who don't have a, a phone with a really good camera on it now. So it's made things so much easier where you can you can take a photo on your phone, look at it, oh, that's not quite right, go again, yeah, got it right. Send your photos back to us at, at home home base at, at, at the event headquarters and then we can categorise them and go through them and judge them. And it's a cool way to do it. It's, it's um, you know, and look, Let's Fish Lay Mac is, is, you know, it's great to have $33,000 in prizes to give away. But it's about celebrating the lake. It's about getting out with your friends and family and seeing the kids getting involved. And it's such a good mental health thing to do just to be on the water, whether you're fishing from the shore, the coastal beaches, from a kayak, canoe, PwC, or from a boat. It doesn't matter. Just get out there and have a go. Yeah, just a good excuse to, to uh, have a good day on that beautiful waterway. And um, you know, I'm sure if people wanted to cheat, they'd always find a way. I was thinking... Trying to think of ways you could, obviously the oh, old. We make it pretty hard these days. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you. So you've got your uh, unique angler registration numbers. You put that on the brag mat, then you put uh, a code word that's only released that day, so you couldn't um, go out for a, a year and catch fish until you caught the biggest one, and so on and so forth. And there's probably more in prizes and things for the mystery size. Anyway, I guess you could have a miniature. Uh, if you're good at, at producing digital images, you could have a miniature brag mat that uh, had tiny little. Graduations of. Are you, are you, Scotty, are you seriously trying to 
debunk what we're trying to achieve. <laughs> Do not put ideas and mate, we're, we're, we have I have an amazing panel of people that who are professionals in the in that uh, in that domain, professional photographers, professional digital people who are so good at that. I'm pretty good at it myself. We have a panel. Anyone who's a bit suspect on the photo side of things, <laughs> they go through there. I've ha- I haven't had anyone successfully get one past me yet, and, and I defy them to do that. But but look, I think the code word you mentioned that code word. So just for people who who, um, who haven't done let's fish Lake Mac or one of these challenges before, you, know, you get your brag mat. You got to make sure you fish fish's uh, nose or the front end of the fish is at the zero mark or the dorsal fin's at the top. If it's a flat fish like a flathead or a flounder, it lays belly down, head, head towards the zero marker. You've got your angler number. For me, it'd be 007 every day of the week. <laughs> and, um, and then your code word, which could be anything from dog to cat or whatever. Um, and, and that's got to be on there. And there's no fishing allowed in, in the dark. There's no flash photography allowed. So we try and give it as fair as we can. And, and you mentioned the mystery length. That's a big thing that we've We've really, you know, we've increased that even further this year. Where I've got two mystery lengths per target species for both senior and junior, and I've I've loaded the prizes up for those mystery lengths. So, you know, there's certainly we reward people who catch the longest fish in each category, first, second, third, and the longest fish. But that we've got those double mystery lengths now, and I've and I've, I've up the prizes for those. And I just want to see people enjoying the lake. And and I think we've all got to remember, and you know, I I can still remember the first time I caught her. Uh, 30 centimetre whiting and how excited I was and how excited I was to catch a 45 centimetre flathead or a 50 centimetre flathead. So it's not, you know, you've got your, your gun anglers who'll go, oh, no, it needs to be a 90 or an 80 centimetre flathead. But, but you know, you've, we've got to reward people who, who are just really enjoying the lake and the competition for what it is, and we're really trying to do that. Plus, we've got about $10,000 worth of draw prizes just for entering. So really sharing the prizes amongst everyone as much as we can. And it also is great for the the uh, you know the economic benefit of all of the people around uh, your neck of the woods uh, around Belmont and and Toronto and Swansea and and all of the all of the holiday places on the lake and down the bottom end of the lake as well, which is great fishing. It's it's such a, a sustainable tourism attraction, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's not it's a great tourism attraction because no one's no one's having it well. Obviously, the lawns get mowed around the around the lake, but no one's having to go and feed any fish or or, or fix any fences up that run across. The, you know what I mean? That like it's just there. It's a natural thing. It's so important that we look after it. You know, work that John O and his team are doing with oddfish is just immeasurable, really, to the difference that that can make down the track. And the and there's more of that that needs to be done. So uh, you know, it's a resource that if we look after it through good fisheries um, legislation, through good good sustainable you know, common sense practices. You catch a big breeding fish, you want to let that fish go anyway. You know, keep your keep a couple of your slot size fish if you want some to eat. But this competition, as we've already mentioned, is a is a catch and release comp. Um and and uh yeah, it's it's as I said before, it's about enjoying it. Um, you know, weather's looking fantastic as it is, you know, oh, I think we're gonna have a great couple of days. And the weather warming up a bit too, the water warming up a bit really brings them on. It's the big fish, Michael Guest and uh, John O'Bleakley from Ozfish Unlimited. And Michael is the ambassador for uh, Fish Lake Mac, the big event this Saturday and Sunday. And, and uh, probably not too late to register if you can do that online and get the, the code word and, and uh, maybe, I don't know, pick up a brag mat or is it too late? No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll accept entries. Um, yep, for sure. So if you're someone who's, <coughs> excuse me, who's turned up a bit late and wants to fish tomorrow, Sunday or, or this afternoon or whatever, sometime today, um, certainly we've got a phone number on the website and everything runs through the website at letsfishlakemac.com.au. Give us a call. 
And um, I'm on the water today um, out in the boat, so I've got brag mats and stickers and things oh, with it's me. It's like a, a water taxi, John. Yeah, water get the, taxi. The so famous got... Michael Guest will come straight to your boat and, and hand over oh, the goods. He's got coffee. Yeah, well, I, was th- I was thinking of going and going to, you mentioned Costco, one of those places, and buying like 100 ice cream for jamming <laughs> in the big esky. And, then, and, and I was trying to fit my 8kVA diesel generator on the boat and then a cappuccino machine. I thought, <laughs> I could smash this. And I think... If you're buying a cappuccino, what do you normally pay for a coffee at about five or six dollars? Uh, yeah, five fifty or something these days. Yeah, but I reckon I'd go ten. If you if I pay ten dollars <laughs> for a good coffee, you know, on the lake, so I reckon I could mash it out and I could donate all the profits to charity too. So I should look at doing that. So all right, now Michael's checked out some of the sand flats and the the whiting, catching some nice whiting. So they're, they're always a great prospect. What about you, Jono? Have you been uh, doing some of this uh, hard work test fishing Lake Macquarie recently? No, it's a tough gig, Scotty. Someone's got to do it. You know, I guess he calls it work. Well, you know, I got out there during the week for a bit of a leisurely fish, not quite work for me, but uh, I did manage a nice flathead upwards around 70 centimetres, which is great to see because I was fishing deep. And this time of year, as we all know, you know, you're probably starting to venture up into the shallows a little bit, Scotty, to to find those flatheads. Um, The water's warming up there. Um, You know, the sun's doing its thing. And the prawns and nippers and all the bait fish will be heading up a little bit shallower too. So to find a flathead in the deep water was was still kind of cool. Um, you'll still get them over the next few months, but uh, I reckon on the weekend, if it was up to me, I'd I'd probably be targeting those those you know four to six, and then upwards in the shallows early and late. I reckon that would be the go. Um, and then look, there was tailor buzzing around everywhere. Admittedly, when I fished during the week, and I'm not sure what it's going to be like today. But there was small tailor um, buzzing around. So I reckon if you fish underneath those, um, you're a good chance of a bigger tailor, maybe a big brim, um, or certainly one of those big flathead, which you know, which could could tick over that, you know, that seven, magic seventy mark or even eighty if you're lucky enough. Um, or a so mighty yeah, a mighty mulloway, even Jono. Well, that's not. It's unfortunately the one weekend you probably don't want to catch a mulloway, Scotty, is, is this weekend because it will it will reward you with nothing but a nice photo on social media. But look, hey, it's not always Is it about... too big for the brag, Matt? It's a, well, it's not a target species, unfortunately. But hey, look, if I was out there and I was chasing a brim and I, I caught a mulloway, I don't think I would ever complain. So it would be a very lovely bycatch. And at the end of the day, it's about the prizes, but it's also not. It's just about getting out there. And yeah, having... well, they release very well in Lake Macquarie. They don't get the, the barotrauma, do they? And, and they're, they're going well in there. They're going very well in there, as as the whole ecosystem, it's just uh, extraordinary, isn't it? Um, look, uh, it's going to be a wonderful weekend for fishing, but sadly, Michael, um, it's a, a very desperate situation for a, a well-known fishing family and and uh, your good mate of, of ten years at uh, a rival fishing show on Two GB um, is uh, still missing up in far north Queensland. Just take us through the situation there. You've been. Uh, keeping in close contact with the people up there, I believe, at Olive River. Yeah, uh, I, look, I, I have um, spoken. So we're talking about Roman Butchaski, or better known as Butch, and a lot of people would know him from, yeah, I, I did radio in Sydney with with Butch and uh, with the one eye Gavin Pitchford for, for oh, I don't know, countless years, nearly 10 years, but certainly, and, and we, 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 you know, good mates with Butch, and, and he loved, absolutely loved fishing that uh, Cape York Peninsula for Barra and Saratoga and, Sooty grunter and anything he could lay his hands on really sort of save his pennies up and his shekels and he'd go up a couple of times a year and unfortunately he went missing last Sunday um, and so he, last time he was seen was 8, 8, 8 a.m. last Sunday and 
and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, that that was the last we've seen of him. And uh, there's been SES and helicopters and all the all the emergency services. And uh, yeah, I was, you know, I was fully pleased that um, the the gentleman who <coughs> excuse me who owns the or, or lives in the homestead there. I'm not sure whether they own so much of it anymore, but. Uh, I spoke to him. He contacted me, and uh, yeah, they were they were still hopeful during the week that that um, you know they might find him under a shady tree somewhere. He might have had a bit of a medical episode. He's an insulin dependent diabetic. So, um, but um, unfortunately, uh, yeah, not not much has happened since then. So, uh, yeah, certainly looking pretty desperate. That's for sure. Uh, fingers crossed. It's it's a tragic thing, and and we've all done it, haven't we? Fished in those fish rich waters, but unfortunately, those. Giant uh, reptiles uh, are always lurking, and uh, they're they're master predators, and it's something that could sadly happen to to many many uh, anglers walking up those rivers. Yeah, look, absolutely, um, it, it's it's a risk, but you know that's sort of part of the the allure of that. Australia is a fantastic place, and we do have you know some some amazingly scary individuals that call it home as well, and have done forever. And saltwater crocodiles are one, great white sharks, and lots of you know, poisonous snakes, but they're part of what makes Australia such a rich and diverse environment as well. But we we do have to be super careful when we're on the, on their terms, and, and that's that's part of that whole area right through uh, to the top of Western Australia, right through Northern Territory, and of course through far north Queensland. Um, it, it's, it's it's something you've got to be careful of. Unfortunately, there's been a few people um, attacked by and taken by crocodiles in that part of the world this year. It's not it's not a isolated incident. And uh, yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's easy, and I've been up there plenty of times. It's so easy to let your guard down. We get so excited, don't you? You know, you I, do. I've done yeah, the same yeah. thing walking up a stream, the back of, of Ingham, and chasing Sooty Grunter with my brother-in-law. My wife's born and bred in Townsville, and you know, we got back to the bridge where we jumped into this little beautiful rainforest stream, very clear water, sandy bottomed, and beautiful butterflies and all the rest. And we'd gone right up the stream and. The cane cocky pulled up on the bridge and he said, hey, boys, you've been up the river. I said, yeah, we've got some lovely sooty grunter on the fly rod and had good fun, you know. And he said, well, look over this side of the bridge and there's a slide uh, where a really big crocodile had, had uh, come down recently. You, know, you could see the mud was fresh. You could see its big, big uh, footprints. And he said, there's a 17-foot croc that lives there. Uh, if I can probably go to you, Scotty, and I, I said this on another radio interview the other day, but you think about the one thing you love the most, which is probably your family at the end of the day, and 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 then maybe it might be cricket or it might be watching movies or going to the movies with your wife, whatever it is. Times that by ten, and that's what he he just loved being in that area. He loved the adventure of it. And if something was going to happen to him, and if I could, if he was around at the moment, I could ask him um, where would you want to have you spend your last moments. I reckon it'd be up there. Yeah, and he he wasn't uh, married, didn't have family. You were saying, no, not, not, not married. He's got a brother. Um, so um, yeah, and. and um, so it's just just him and and uh, and his brother. So yeah. So anyway, tough tough times at the moment, and, and um, we'll, we'll see what what else uh, happens in that space. But yeah, certainly not, not looking good at all. That's for sure. All right, and everyone take care on on Lake Macquarie, too. Obviously, uh, all of the safety precautions when you're out in the boat with the kids. Jonathan Bleakley from Ozfish Unlimited, Lake Macquarie. Chap, thanks for joining us. Anytime, Scotty. Anytime. And Michael Guest, thanks for joining us again on the Big Fish. Absolutely. Thanks, and um, big hello to all the listeners out there. Yeah, and certainly, uh, if you're fishing Let's Fish Lake Mac, make sure you stay safe, as Scotty recommends, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, all right, mate. and what's what's your boat look like if they need um, supplies, you know, that coffee that you've <laughs> promised everybody, <laughs> the or the, the, ice the ice cream for all the kids, you know? What, <laughs> what are you in at the moment? I'm, I'm, I'm in the big, it's a real action fishing 
boat. So, oh, uh, it's the one with the real action all over the side. Well, it's, it's Lightning McQueen, mate. It's got all the sponsors. It looks like a NASCAR on water. Oh, yes, I know the one. It's, it stands out like, blue and like the proverbial. So w- wave him over and send him over to, to Belmont Yacht Club to get you a, get, get, get people a, coffee, a schnitzel yeah, yeah. or a co- coffee or whatever. Tight lines, boys. Thanks for joining us on The Big Fish. Thanks, Scott. See you guys, mate.
The Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. Here comes Tinker with his fishing tips. Some hot advice for your fishing trip. Where to find him? What's the bait? Are you catching any, mate? Good morning, Stinker. G'day, Scott. I believe you've got a, a survival at sea story this morning. Oh, dear, oh, my God. Good fishers, smart fishers, know when not to go. <laughs> we, we all love going fishing and we all enjoy the experience, but smart ones know when not to go. Well, I've come to the conclusion after last Monday that I'm not very smart. What happened, Stinker? <laughs> well, well, you're still well, with us. You're still with us, so well, at least you survived. Well, yes. Well, let me tell you what happened. There's four of us that launch here regularly, uh, which is a bit of a surprise, really, because we get on some of the best snapper grounds you could possibly imagine. But there's only four regulars. Now, of that four, two of us decided to go. Two decided they wouldn't go, and they stayed home. Two of us decided, because it was a subly blowing and and a rising sea, that there had to be snapper. Uh, So we both launched around about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and uh, my friend Scott, he he fished a little bit. He normally goes south, but this time he went north and I go to where my spot is in front of the lighthouse and I didn't even see him. After he rounded the corner, he's got a boat a bit faster than mine and he took off and I didn't see him, so I... I assumed he would... He's a good, real good fisherman, so I expected him to, to catch you know, something. Anyway, I've gone to in front of the lighthouse and, I, and I've arrived and I'm thinking, gee, you know, this sea's a lot bigger than I, than I thought it was going to be. And these big waves and it's coming for all directions and the, the wind's howling and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know whether this is such a good idea. But now when I'm here... I might as well drop anchor and see what happens. So I dropped anchor and the wind blew me toward, straight towards the teeth of the bommy. And actually the rocks were coming out of the water. It was shortly after low tide. And it was so gnarly and mean. And, and I'm thinking, oh, no, because there's no plan B. There's no plan B. <laughs> you know, if it gives away, you've just got to really hope to kick your motor over and get out of there as quick as you can. I've got my life jacket on, or I wouldn't go out there without that. But really, I'm not advising anyone to be as silly as me. But anyway... Well, when I was in that spot with you, and it was a small sea, but it still sucks up and crashes down on the bommie right next to you, and that's what gets the action going. The water foamed up so the fish get some tucker. But I was looking at that crack in the rock there and thinking, right, I had the life jacket on too. That's where I'm swimming because we've fished off those rocks and we've swum to those rocks. So I don't reckon you should go there unless you've got that plan B. And if that anchor lets go, um, I think your plumber's ring perished. Well, yeah, you're right. You've got to have a plan. You've got to swim to safety. I mean, that's – and anyone who can't swim, for a start, don't go out there. Well, I, I I wouldn't swim the length of a swimming pool. That would be like crossing the English Channel to me. I'm, I'm I come from a long line of family that swim like house bricks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not a you're not a stinker. You're a sinker. I'm a sinker. I am a sinker. Um, but I think it's in the family. But anyway, 
So I thought to myself, I'll, I'll have one throw um, because I, I knew there would be fish there. Anyway, I tossed out with my bait, the cube of yellowtail, and I reckon less than 10 seconds, the line, the rod buckles over and, and the roar of the sea and the hiss and the waves and the wind. And then, of course, my rod's buckled over. And, and then up out of the water come this biggest salmon I've ever seen. Gosh, it was a monstrous salmon. Oh, I thought, heavens above, you know. So anyway, I'm not real friends with the salmon. I pulled it to the side of the boat and I pulled it into the boat and then another big wave came and I said, I'm not going to sit here catching salmon. Um, so I shifted. I, I was only there oh, five or ten minutes at the most. And I pulled up my anchor and I went to further away from the bommy so that if my anchor rope did give, if the anchor did give, the wind and the current was going to wash me away from the white water, which I should have done in the first place. That's what I should have done in the first place, um, but I didn't. But anyway, I, I survived, and I so I moved. And then I, the whole boat was surrounded by salmon, and I'm thinking, oh, no. You know, I've come all this way to catch salmon. Well, that's not what I want to do. I'm out there to catch snapper. Well, if I couldn't get below them. I could not get below the salmon. I just persisted. I threw both my lines out. No lead, no lead. And they and you know when you've got a salmon and you know when you've got a snapper. The, the signs are very, very different. Um, and I got two nice snapper, uh, oh, about three kilo each, I suppose. And I kept three salmon. I could have, I could have filled the boat with salmon, but I kept them for fish cakes. And quite frankly, oh dear, they were beautiful, really, really beautiful fish cakes. But anyway, then it was time for me to go home. I'd had enough. I was buffeted around. I'd bruised and belted up, and I'm thinking, this is no, I'm not having any more fun. I'm going home. And I could hardly push into the, the, the southerly. I had to push into it. Well, it, you know, you're only going about one knot because you just can't, you can't get any speed. And it did one big problem, apart from all that. There was one big problem. I didn't have a bailer. Oh, yeah, and you're into a big sea. I mean, and you also can't go too hard into big big waves coming straight at you, can you? No. Well, you can't pull the bung out and, and run it out that way, which is which is sometimes if I can get up enough speed, I'll just pull the bung out and the, the water will drain out of my boat. But it was sort of ankle deep because I'd been hit for a sideways by a couple of pretty solid ones. And so I couldn't drain it that way. And I forgot in my ice cream bucket, which is my baler. So there I was. So I motored home so slowly. It took me ages to get home. And then when I got onto the beach, I pretty much just sat on the beach and thought, oh, heaven's <laughs> You're like the, the Pope. You kissed the sand, did you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then my mate arrived. Well, he got belted up too. He actually took a friend with him, and his friend got chronically seasick, so he was purple. Um, <laughs> and and he, I said, how'd you go? He said, oh, I never got a fish. He said, we couldn't hold bottom to see. So anyway, both of us agreed that we've got to get a lot smarter because that was just a silly thing to do. It's funny because you always have that blue ice cream container in the bottom of the boat. I know it's not the same one. Uh, what I do is get the three-litre jugs of milk and uh, cut the bottom off with a pair of scissors. And yeah, yeah. so you've got a handle as well. But uh, that, yeah. that eventually breaks down. You've got to throw it in 
the bin, you know, when they're sitting in, in the boat. But, uh, wow, well, you, you live to tell the tale. But it is pretty hairy in an 11-foot boat when the waves are about as big uh, towering over the top of the boat. It does. <laughs> It does give you a a few goosebumps, but you survived, mate. Hey, you took a bigger boat to Broughton Island, I believe, last week as well. Oh, oh, that was now. This is a good story. This is a this is a happy story. I uh, I took a history tour again to um, Broughton, my last one for the year, and I had a full boatload of really enthusiastic crew that that passengers that just love history. And when you start talking about Broughton Island and and how the Aboriginal people were there and maybe even have walked onto Broughton Island before the ice melted and uh, had we had an archaeological dig there not long ago and found so much evidence of the Warramai folk, which was, oh, chilling and wonderful. Uh, and then, of course, the Europeans turned up and the Chinese. This is all on, on the island. The Europeans, the Chinese, um, the Italians come over in the 1890s and just to catch lobsters. They had 900 lobster traps around the island, the, the Italians. And then the, the French arrived in 1906 in an in a effort to eradicate. It was a, a research to eradicate rabbits on the mainland, which was unsuccessful. So they arrived in January and left in at the end of the year, the French, uh, but the rabbits stayed. And then um, the Greeks arrived around about the First World War. So that's just the start of an intriguing uh, stories that involve the cow, Clarabelle the cow, and, of course, the spy. Oh, and the Jimmy Carrot George and, oh, and the goats. It goes on and on and on, and it's fascinating, and I love to tell the story. And then, of course, the plane landed on the island, but then it couldn't get up enough speed to take off. <laughs> How did they get it off? So they to, well, they dismantled it. And put it on a boat? Pulled it to bits. Yeah. Well, not a boat. They put it on a raft, and then they got a trawler to tow the raft back to shore. Ah, back right. And then one of the ladies out there, because the, the fishermen lived on the island, and uh, one of the ladies... She rode her husband. Her husband got pneumonia, so she put him laying down the back of the boat and she rode from Broughton Island to Nelson Bay. But her name was Reenie Hyde and her husband was a commercial fisherman and I think she may have been a a commercial as well. I'm not real sure. But the boat was a big wooden boat and cumbersome. Not a boat that you can row easily. Very heavy. Oh, very heavy. And then, uh, so she went, she's smart. She uh, rode with the wind, and Norisa blew her, blew her in that direction. And then she worked it out so that the tide would be running in and not out, because if the tide was running out, she wouldn't have been able to go into the harbour. So she worked it all out. And really, I mean, that's a fantastic effort. It took her about five and a half or six hours. Just amazing. Um, mm. Would your dearest darling Ella do that for you if you were lying in the bottom of the boat dying? My, my word, she would. <laughs> I'm sure she would too. She's a, a very good good person. Um, I don't know about my dearest darling Catherine. It depends if I'd <laughs> been good good around the house or not. It's uh, <laughs> a great yarn. Reenie, uh, good old Reenie. Yep. What, yep, what a champion woman. What a champion fisherwoman. Yep. Hey, tight line stinker. I know you've got a million of them. We'll get you next week. 
Hooray, Scott. And I hope you got a bit of rain this week. It was so nice to see a bit of rain falling across the high country of New South Wales, up where the trout streams flow. A very special place for me. I just love my yearly sojourns now. I used to go up every weekend. I lived in the Riverina, and it was just such a, a mecca for fly fishing. And so many great streams around Tumut and Tumbarumba and up around the, uh, the great town of Adaminami and all of the other spots in the Snowy Mountains. Very, very close for our Canberra Wagga listeners, a great part of the world. Cole Ray from Tumut wrote this song about it.
The Big Fish with Scott Levi on ABC Radio. It's The Big Fish and Glenn Coombs is uh, well doing something that many parents would never do, is uh, helping to, to look after 17 kids at a, a fishing camp on the Hawkesbury River. You'll be frazzled by Monday. I tell you, but we're really looking forward to it. We've got a great bunch of volunteers, some absolute passionate fishermen, and it's going to be a great weekend. And open to all kids? Yeah, absolutely. So all high school kids, if you're in year 7 to 12, um, girls and boys, of course, um, are welcome to, to come on this inaugural Hawkesbury River fishing camp. At Scripture Union Australia, we, we do a whole bunch of special interest camps, um, and uh, this particular fishing camp is is an example of one that we're, we're launching this coming weekend. All right. Well, Jesus was a fisherman, wasn't he? He well, And a carpenter. Yeah, he had a few, and he had a few fishermen following him. And, uh, yeah, and that, they took a little time to sort of tweak to exactly who, who was in their midst, you know. They, he had to encourage them to throw the nets over the other side, um, you know, before they started to tweak who Jesus actually was. But, yeah, of course. I put a bit of thought into that, you know. You, you would... Uh no doubt if you're a fisherman in the Middle East, pre-sanitation, uh, pre-showers, you were drying fish, gutting fish, catching fish, cleaning fish, without um, you know, too much uh, bathing, you'd be a bit of a pariah, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be accepted into polite society, and yet uh, you'd be on the outskirts, no doubt, and knowing fishermen, they would have drunk a lot, as commercial fishermen do these days. <laughs> um, so it's amazing, really. He did uh, mingle with the... The down-and-out people, didn't he? The yeah. people who were on the fringes of society that weren't accepted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ab- absolutely. I mean, I hadn't really thought about that sanitation aspect that you brought up. Uh, well, I'm just but... thinking, you know, after a day on the water with, with mullet gut and, and prawns and uh, cleaning fish, you know, I walk into the house and people who are 10 metres away say, go and have a shower, you <laughs> stink. <laughs> That's right. But as you say, he, uh, he welcomes everybody. And do you teach much to the kids, or is it mainly just fun and fellowship and, and catching a few no, fish, maybe? It certainly is fun, fellowship, and we'll certainly be catching a few fish. Um, but we'll spend a couple, of t- uh, a couple of sessions in the old book actually looking at the sorts of things that Jesus said and did. So, uh, And there's plenty, of, uh, there's plenty of material, isn't there? Isn't yes, there, yeah, know? there's a lot about fishing, really, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. about fishing. And uh, what sort of fishing do you think uh, the kids will get into? This time of year, the fish start to come onto as the water warms, so hopefully the kids don't care what you catch usually, they do they? They don't really care care what you catch but a couple of the guys are very keen on the flathead and uh, so they're very keen on making sure that we're out on the water at the change of tide Mm. and all this kind of stuff uh, that the water temperature is the right temperature Um, so we're we're hopeful that we'll catch a few flatties on the weekend. It can be incredibly productive for flathead the Hawkesbury can't it I mean I've got a a mate who goes up there regular and he's a bit of a guru like the blokes that you've um, been able to uh, rope into this and the catches they get are phenomenal they often bag out which is something I don't think I've ever done on Flathead. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we all know that there's a bag limit, but, uh, we, you know, I've got a, mm. a good friend, Brendan, and he's up there who's leading with me on this particular camp. He's up there every other weekend. He knows the spots. He's got the special apps. I mean, we haven't said to the kids, if you don't catch a fish, you get your money back, but we're pretty confident <laughs> that they're going to get a fish. Will they have a feeder fish, do you think? Are we going to put a barbie on and maybe a few fillets of Flathead if... Or whatever you catch? Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the workshops that the guys will do is how you actually fill it and how you uh, clean up uh, fish, and we'll do some cooking, uh, mm. of course. Uh, we're not relying on the fish to be able to feed the kids, <laughs> you'll be pleased to know. My wife's actually doing the cooking for the camp, and there'll be, there'll be plenty to eat. And in actual fact, I've had a couple of parents just uh, text me or email me, phone me this week, and said, you know, for, for 95 bucks for the weekend, do the, do the kids actually get fed for that? You know, and I said, <laughs> yes, we're looking after them. We're going to be camping out 
on the banks of the beautiful Hawkesbury River. They're going to be well fed, and I'm sure we're going to be able to catch and eat some fish as well. That's that's the way the uh, big uh, Hawkesbury River fishing camp is coming up uh, the weekend of the 24th and 25th? Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. The 24th uh, to the 26th, I think it might be the Sunday, is that right? Um, and uh, the one thing that we hadn't quite planned on is that on the Sunday is the bridge to bridge ski race. Oh, you've got to get out of the way yeah, of that. Yeah, absolutely. So so we've looked at the time, so we'll get up for an early fish, get off the water. Yes, before they start coming around the corner at 100 miles an hour. That's right. So you can do all this planning, you know, best pl- laid plans of everyone, and then you look at the day and go, oh, we, we missed that one. So you're getting any reports, early reports in on how the Hawkesbury's fishing, Glenn? Yeah, the boys that were up there just last weekend and they did a bit of a recce where we can get our boats in where we can, and, uh, and things are really looking good. Yeah, it's all thumbs up. Sounds great. Well, good luck with it, and uh, hopefully you uh, catch a few. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for the opportunity to be able to share about what uh, what we're doing with uh, you know with Scripture Union Camping, and uh, we're really looking forward to the weekend coming okay, up. Okay, the fishing camp down on the Hawkesbury at Gundaman, and uh, you can uh, get onto SU Australia. The, all the details are there. Glenn Coombs, thanks for coming in. Tight lines. Thanks for having us. Hey, if you've got a fishing event coming up, let us know about it. From Mullumbimby to the Murrumbidgee. We'll let everyone know on The Big Fish. I've got a favourite fishing rod Bait and a blanket and a spare in the garage I've already locked the door You'd expect this girl to say But life goes by so quickly And it's such a sunny day Fishing, do you want to go? We could head out to a little place I know Let's go and throw a line Forget about the time Fishing, do you want to go? is on our side We might catch ourselves a little something special on our line The little fellas are always first to bite But we're hoping for a big one for our barbecue tonight And everyone knows fishing's always better with a mate And I can almost taste that juicy planet on my plate Fishing you wanna go? We could head out to a little place I know. Let's go and throw a line. Forget about the time. Fish, do you wanna go? Two. Gee, 
it's nice to share this fishing day with you. Fishing, do you want to go? We could head out to a little place I know. Let's go and throw a line, forget about the time. Fishing, do you want to go? Fishing, do you want to go? Listen app is your source for all things auntie. Listen to live radio, binge on your favourite podcast, dive deep on our audiobooks, or catch up on a special you missed. Download it from your app store now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.